The Mumbrella ComsCon lineup is stacked with best-in-class PR and comms talent who are guaranteed to shake things up on May 11th. Early bird prices expire this Friday, so book now to save. Go to mumbrella.com.au forward slash comscon for more info. than half of Australians would support a ban on wagering ads across all broadcast channels before 10.30pm, that's according to new data, while major Q1 TV programming comes to a close. Who came out on top? Listen to find out. That's today's news chat before our first audio campaign review of the year, featuring 72 and Sunny's Andy Fleming and in Ocean's Wes Hawes, where we'll take a look very optimistic look at that at the latest work from hcf ladbrokes belong and furphy welcome to the mumbrella cast i'm callum jaspin and joining me for the news chat today is editorial director damien francis hey demo crispin jarlton how are you mate you well <laughs> that's a new one crispin jarlton i quite like that almost giles... I to think about that one day you'll get Giles'berg, and i'll be very happy because it's a great cheese um, and then uh, also joining us, I think this might be your first podcast performance of the year. It's it's uh, reporter Darcy Song. Hey, Daki. Hello. I've been making some appearance on the Evening Mumbo, but as I said last time, Damo has been gatekeeping me from the podcast for well, some reason. So yeah. No, look, we're, we're getting you match fit, and that's a great way to introduce you to the podcast suite is through the Evening Mumbo. I would just like to deny all uh, accountability for that one. Just please. Well, you can blame that on me, Damo. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take on Darcy's complaints. Uh, <laughs> all right, we've, uh, we've got a very gloomy day here in Melbourne. We've already recorded the, uh, the audio campaign review, which is a great listen today. Worth hanging around from for that, as I mentioned at the top there, for a very optimistic look at uh, what's happening in the Australian ad industry from ways and Andy so definitely recommend listening to that but um the, the story isn't quite as optimistic that we're that we're going to start off by discussing the Australian Gambling Research Centre found that 53% of Australians support a ban on wagering advertising before 10:30 p.m. across major broadcast channels with 19% in opposition. The research which surveyed just over 1700 Aussies also found that Australia is the biggest losers in the world at gambling losing 25 billion dollars last financial year demo that's a little a little piece of information I gave to you in the evening mumbo which uh, my maths figured out that it equates to 965 dollars per person. This all comes as the government considers whether or not wider restrictions on gambling ads are necessary. It's also came with interesting timing as we discussed the Ladbrokes new mega ad campaign, which we will discuss later in the podcast. But Demo, this is one of those topics where advertising has breached the mainstream conversation with uh, this research. Uh, you know, you were listening to it on uh, on TV or watching it on TV, I should say, on Monday morning. I was listening to it on the radio. Um what do you make of the, the current and proposed restrictions? Do you think they're, they're needed? Look, if something's going to change, there definitely needs to be a change to the restrictions because we're not going to do it ourselves. And, and by that, I mean the betting and wagering companies aren't going to just stop advertising. The media owners aren't just going to stop taking their monies, uh, monies money, and the media agencies aren't going to stop working with them. That's just the fact of life. Business revolves that way. So if we really want to see change, there's got to be some regulation 
uh, put down, or I should say some stronger regulation, because if you have a look at, uh, at the ACMA website, uh, there is regulation around betting and wagering sponsorship, and it's relatively detailed. As you mentioned, Cal, we covered the story uh, this week about the, the potential need for more or extending some of those regulations. Uh, but in this case, we already do have some. There are some very interesting caveats in that if you if you read through uh, what's already there, including some interesting ones around grey horse racing and um, and horses, uh, greyhound racing. What are grey horses? Grey horses. <laughs> I, I know. This is how bad I am at betting and wagering. I certainly have not lost nine hundred and sixty dollars uh, last year. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do, but it's part of Australian culture in the sense that a lot of people have grown up in or around the TAB, for example. I, I know I did with my father, always going to the TAB on the weekend to bet on the horse racing and, and stuff like that. Clearly, it's a serious issue now, but let's have a, a think about both sides of it. Uh, betting and wagering is legal. So are those companies, uh, do they have the right to advertise, to make their business stronger? Uh, do they have the right to advertise at, at any stage and, and take the money of the consumer? Do we have, as an industry, a responsibility to not take their money or to do their advertising slightly differently? Uh, does the government have a right to clamp down on how they communicate with consumers? So I think there are a few very, very big questions there. There's obviously a lot of big money going around, particularly mm. in terms of sport. We've covered that before. The $8 million deal for the AFL with sports bet, $12 million for the NRL, uh, $3.5 million with bet365 with cricket. There's some big, big money going around there. And I guess the other counter argument on that is that money is there. The sporting codes, teams, media owners are taking it because it's there. Uh, so are we then... Uh, spending time looking at the alternatives if that money is there just to be taken straight up. So there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle which need to fall into place for us to change our habits, not just our gambling habits as Australians, but our habits in terms of taking that revenue and working with betting and wagering businesses. If things are to change, yes, we probably do need more restriction, but there's a lot of complexity as to whether things need to change and the extent to which they need to change. Yeah, I mean, a couple of important points there that I'll just kind of follow up on, Damo. I think the, the statistic um, off the top of my head was, I think around 70% of Australians actually do think it's the government's responsibility to take action on this rather than the, the other media and I guess invested partners in that. Um, in the 2021 calendar year, the gambling industry spent $287 million on advertising. That was up from 270 the year before and around 12 or sorry, 11 years ago, that figure stood at 89 million. So that has trebled in 10 years. Um, you mentioned the tab, um, the TIB, I should say, that used to be, I guess, you know, when gambling was a, was an only a physical engagement, that was the, the market, um, the market 
I guess, dominator. But now we have, you know, you mentioned Bet365 Sportsbet is, you know, probably one of the biggest now. Um, Entain Group, uh, which houses Neds and Ladbrokes, that pitched at the end of the year, one of the biggest of the year. Um, We've also now got Better, the News Corp backed body, which, um, you know, that's obviously some moving parts at the moment there. News Corp are indicating that they are pulling back from it. We have seen some changes already. The, um, The Gamble Responsibly tagline has now been replaced by seven new options um, which are supposed to I guess be a little bit more forceful in their attempt some of those include chances are you're about to lose you win some you lose more Um, in regards to the media which is where these dollars are actually going where the money is being spent as you mentioned there Damo I don't think until there is a necessity to do or make any change. There's going to be any change. I mean, this week we approached the TV networks to ask them what their thoughts were, or I guess if there was any intention to take some forward action on this, they individually referred their comments to um, Free TV CEO Bridget Fair, um, who, who kind of indicated that the, the industry already has some of the strongest restrictions on gambling more generally. Um, I did think it was interesting just to quickly add in this quote from the Mumbrella cast in um, October when we spoke to Seven's National Sales Director, Natalie Harvey. I asked her um, if the relationship between the TV networks and betting firms would be likely to change soon or whether or not the network would reevaluate its integration of betting into AFL coverage, which is quite strong Um, and I quote what's been discussed over the last week around diversity and inclusion I think the AFL does a remarkable job of being able to celebrate various communities in Australia I think the sport has the innate ability to bring people together and when it comes to wagering it depends obviously there are different regulations that federally and locally are implemented already and will those tighten up that could happen that happened for AFL but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it if we come to it so the last we heard is that there definitely kind of follows what you're saying there, Damo. It's sort of all hinging on whether the government is going to take any action. Yeah. I mean, look, like I say, if the money is there, why wouldn't you take it? But we've got to have a look at this as well in terms of one industry uh, executive said to me rather recently, if it wasn't for betting and wagering businesses, there are some sports that wouldn't survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that sadly may be a fact. Uh, but also the flip side of that is at some stage, like cigarettes, uh, like we are seeing slowly with alcohol, uh, potentially like we may see with fast food, and I put fast food sort of in this similar category, there will be change. I think that's the one thing we can almost guarantee is that there will be change. The quicker that the industry tries to get on top of it, the quicker they'll be able to find other sources of revenue that could support the sports that may not survive if that revenue was taken away or add to the revenue of the sports that are using it as a large chunk of the revenue stream. Uh, But they need to get on top of that relatively quickly and perhaps not wait for government intervention. All right, moving on to our next topic coming coming up after the break. A quick breakdown of Q1 TV programming. (music) 
This week saw final episodes of 10's Survivor Australia and 7's rebooted Australian Idol ahead of 9's MAPS final reunion episodes next week. While the respective network executives were optimistic before the launch of each program, 9's Married at First Sight emerged as the clear favourite of the three for Australian audiences. Darcy. You wrote a bit of a breakdown on the performance of the prospective shows yesterday. While they didn't always air on the same nights, there, were, there was a consistent 10 weeks or so of them each airing on Sundays and Mondays. What were the the trends across the overnights? And then I guess um, how that sort of performed when you looked at those consolidated seven-day figures. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly one of the biggest talking point, I think, so far this year in the TV land. I mean... To be honest, it doesn't matter what sort of metrics you look at, whether it's overnight or, you know, whether it's consolidated seven total TV or whether it's Beavod. I think it's pretty clear that Maths came out as the clear leader of the three. And then, you know, most of the time it's even the number of the other two combined, which I think was yeah. quite impressive. And, you know, as we mentioned in the um, analysis piece yesterday um, for Beavod, I think it's pretty interesting to see that more audiences are catching up on streaming for Survivor, you know, compared to Idol, perhaps. And I think, yeah, it's really telling some of the patterns that the audience are viewing the shows these days. But I think right now it might be worth just moving the conversation along a little bit and take a broader look at the network share today this year, because obviously these like very big shows do have an impact on what their shares are like. So Seven was on top until week two this year. And in week three, Australian Open launched on Nye. And Nye has been winning every weekly share since then. Although when AFL launched on Seven last week, I think the network received some boost. So yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to see where things are going from there now that all three shows are finished. I think your your point there, Darcy, about Survivor doing better on BVOD and Catch Up, um, obviously suggests that that those are the younger audiences because those are the people who are increasingly tuning in. For example, as I do to Survivor on Ten Play, um, rather than watching on linear channels. But um, you mentioned there we we don't have the equivalent figures for Australian Idol because it's obviously a reboot. But if we look back at the past few years, which I think you did in that um, in that analysis piece at the launch nights and the performance of Maths and Survivor, how, how is that comparing each year in terms of audiences moving over to, to BVOD, declining from linear, and how much of that is being actually replaced? Yeah, I think, yeah, we've definitely seen some shift, um, you know, just in terms of metro linear overnight, you know, maths launched on the 1st of February last year alongside Survivor on 10 as well. It was sort of a similar story then, you know, maths was doing really well in overnights. But one thing perhaps different is that it was regularly crossing the 1 million mark just on metro linear, whereas this year I think the highest number so far did not even break that threshold but you know still two episodes left so not saying that it's for certain that it's not going to break but you know that sort of audience erosion I think it's certainly a theme that's running through all shows seven didn't have Australian Idol last year it did have the voice in April 2022 but that didn't have any crossover with maths so it wasn't exact it wasn't exactly the same show as Idol either but I think as a comparison it's better than the last season of Idol, which aired, I don't know, like over a decade ago. 
So <laughs> Metro Which I'm sure you remember fondly, Darcy. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> the days of sitting in front of TV <laughs> and watching Idol. Um, but yeah, Metro Viewers for The Voice last year was regularly in between 600k and 800k as well, while I think Idol was only around 500k throughout for this year. Now, when it comes to B-Bold, it's a discourse that um, TV networks do like to get into quite a lot because, you know, which I think it's a fair enough point to acknowledge, you know, all the uplift, all the regional and all the, you know, streaming viewers. It's a big proportion of how people are looking at TV content right now. But, you know, and, you know, according to Think TV's figures for the past three years, at least, Bevold has seen quite substantial and consecutive growth in ad revenue, which, you know, if advertisers are there, I think the audiences are definitely there. But, you know, before virtual Oz or anything, that's really that of the standardization of measurement comes out. I think we might just stick to Metro for a bit while longer, but it'll be really interesting to see that when that new sort of measurement comes out how it will change the dynamics between TV networks, potentially. Well, it's all it's all about how the story's told, Darcy, and, uh, you know, we'll continue to do that uh, with what we're provided with. Um, next up, 72 and Sonny's Andy Fleming, and in Notions, Wes Hawes, join the podcast for audio campaign review. Welcome to another edition of Mumbrella's audio campaign review, and for the first edition in 2023 we have a returning panelist it's creative lead and wordy mcwordspert at 72 and sunny andy fleming hey andy welcome back nice to be back nice to have you back uh, and and joining andy we have um very uh, boringly titled executive creative <laughs> director at Inocean, wes hoz hey wes hey how you doing i'll work on that with jazz and i'll come back to you with a better title <laughs> All right, let's um let's crack straight into it. We'll we'll we're going to kick things off with the most fresh campaign of the four that we have here. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a secret which campaigns we're covering for the listener until uh, until we get to them. So we're going to start with HCF, fresh off the press this morning from Cleminger BBDO, launching the new brand platform. We put our money where our members are. It's the tongue-in-cheek work following HCF's head office staff as they scramble to try and find freebies to give out to their new members. Let's take a quick listen. HCF is Australia's largest not-for-profit health fund. We're always thinking of ways to give back more to our members. If we spent millions on a big 10 weeks free offer like some, we'd just be taking money away from our members. And they get an average of 90 cents back for every dollar they spend on premiums. So we thought, what can we give away? What about stuff from the office? It's well, it's it's a uh, it's a ninety second spot. I guess the tricky part is then translating that through to you know cutting it down where where it needs to be. Andy, why don't we we start with you? What what did you make of this new work from HCF? It, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of clients go for or insist on what they call digital best practice, which is making sure that in the first five seconds. Everything you need to know, the client, the deal is done, which means there is no need to watch the following minute and a half. So, and I don't personally agree with that. I don't mind a little, you know, Red Bull racing super if, if you know, to let me know who's bringing me this. But 
it's a very I, I could see what they're doing and and it and it reminds me very much of the Mark Malloy Apple work, which was amazing, which is that kind of very, you know, quite quite dry, realistic, the office style humor. And they haven't quite pulled it off and it's too long. Um and I think that's got less to do with the agency and more to do with the talent here who who aren't used to this kind of humour. So it doesn't mm. come across that well. The Americans and the Brits do it a lot better and a lot funnier. So it, it just, it, it's quite passive and it's quite passive for a very long time. So I think full marks for effort, but I didn't think they quite pulled it off. And um and, and where's it? I mean, it, it's sort of uh, I guess in a, a sort of humorous office setting. Sort of reminds me a little bit of the the fuck the cupcakes work that that you guys did recently. What did you make of this? Kind of echo Andy's comments on the um, craft. I did find it a bit too long as well. I'm wondering whether the agency gave us the 90 seconds, but would it uh, run like that everywhere? I'm guessing it's going to run as a a more succinct 30 and probably work better as well. But I, I mean, I'm going into the strategy and the messaging, which I think would really resonate in this kind of age of this cost of living crisis. We're all unfortunately living at the moment. So I kind of like the strategy. I like the messaging, but what I love, what I really like about this, and I hope they're doing this on the press release, it sounded like they were doing this, but I think they're actually giving away these gifts from the office for real. Yeah, right. That's what I love about it. I'm like, God, it's great. Like, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm judging the film, but I'm more judging the campaign. But if they actually do this, like some, I looked at some of the objects they're giving away. There's rocks with eyeballs on, a stapler and stuff. Like, for me, if they do that, this is a really good campaign, and it, it feels like it's um, beyond a film. So I'm, I'm, I'm judging it by the messaging, which yeah. I think is really re- re- relevant right now. But I love the idea that if I join HCF, I'm gonna get some tap from the office uh, do you think in real life that's what i read and that's why i'm embracing this i'm like this is cool i've pitched on hcf i kind of know some of the clients there i think this would have been a really hard idea to get through so i'm kind of applauding them for that but it has to be real i really want this to be real do you think you'd switch health funds if you said to your wife look we're with bupa we're with bupa we've been 10 years but if we switch to HCF, we could get a rock with little eyes. There's some toys <laughs> on the table here. <laughs> Andy, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a sucker for a freebie. <laughs> I just think if that was PR'd and it was kind of pointing out the ridiculousness of what other health insurers were offering, you're right, Andy. Like I'm, I would never switch insurers just to get a free gift. But I well, think the- PR-wise, I think it might... I think it might help. I think it might resonate with people. It's like, why am I joining this health fund when I could be going to this one where the gimmicks are translated into actual benefits and things I can in, enjoy? Well, I guess the, the question with that is, has there, has there ever been a promotion or some, what, what some of these things where, you know, it's, you've actually seen, if I switch to this provider, I will get X, Y, or Z. Has there ever been anything that's actually, you know, seemed worth your while? There, I remember a campaign once years ago, and I think it was in London, where they sent people a left-handed trainer. And if you join, you've got the right-handed trainer. That's right. It's great, you know. <laughs> Everyone did it because it's a really nice trainer. 
Okay, we're going to move on to the next campaign, which is a new spot for Ladbrokes via the Monkeys. There's been quite a lot coming out of the, the Monkeys in recent weeks, and this ad is titled Operation Steve's Multi, which follows four lads as they take on a day of punting in an action-packed operation that sees them jump from a plane before landing on a battlefield battling sports teams of all types and more. It's sort of got that very monkeys lamb-esque feel mm. to it. And um, let's hear a little snippet of it here. Here we go, boys! Yeah, it's um as I said, they're very monkeys feel, very gambling feel, uh, gambling ad feel. It's funny, it kind of comes in the context of this report that came out this week. It's cited that fifty three percent of Australians are actually um, in support of a of actually raising that uh, that gambling ban until the ten thirty p.m. lockout. Where's what what were your initial thoughts first on the spot, and then maybe we'll go into some of that other stuff after. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was going to divide my answer up into two as yep. well on this. So let, we'll go into the work. First of all, I think it's pretty epic. It it rouses me as the target market. I'll confess I used to run tab. It got me into gambling. I'm obsessed with NBA stats. And I'm kind of in that world as much as I don't kind of want to be. I kind of I'm really sucked in by this. Um, I like how they've handled the sport codes without the rights. Normally when this happens, you see it, you know, when people are sponsoring, when brands are sponsoring the World Cup and stuff, they don't have the rights. There's always clunky uniforms and mm. uh, fake branding stuff. I feel like they've handled that really well. They've taken the attributes of each sport and I, I, I didn't, I didn't stop uh, or it, it was handled in a really non-clunky way. There's some great scenes. I feel like there's that really nice scene with the, mascot rabbit shooting t-shirts out a chopper like a really quick way of saying nba without having to show players yeah. dribbling balls and stuff so look, i think it, it's been really handled well the music is awesome um it really gets me going really good use of music some really good performances direction really good i feel like the monkeys are on fire at the moment they seem to be having a lot of fun over there and, and i think it's really showing in the work they're, they're on they're, everything they're doing there's a kind of confidence to it like uh, mm. everything seems to be fun they're just having fun over there and i'm kind of distinctly jealous of uh, the stuff they're producing at the moment so look i'm the target market i'm i'm halfway in any any way because of my kind of loose gambling addiction which brings me to my second point so uh i'm a staunch I, I, this needs to go on the record i'm a staunch supporter of having a watershed time to show gambling ads i'm of that 53 percent i'm trying to work out whether some of the um feedback they've been getting is justified because as an agency they take the brief i i'm i'm spinning i would like andy to jump in at this point um i don't blame them for taking on a gambling um brand i think they've done a really good job but there's always that kind of i don't know dirtiness uh yeah. guilt well, taken about, on another, in fact, with, we've been talking um, about it right with yeah. tab corp as well so <laughs> yeah they've cornered the market andy what did, uh, what did what, what did you think of that one uh, look, look. My thoughts on gambling, you know, notwithstanding. I mean, I, you know, I agree that there probably should be a watershed. It is a problem here, but I, I've got a history of making, you know, quite big, big work, and that stopped, you know, fairly recently. And I didn't think I'd be seeing that sort of stuff for mm. a while. And so it, it is refreshing to see 
a big old fashioned fuck off Steve Rogers helicopters. And it is for what it is a really fun piece of work. It's, mm. you know, if, if, if there's a criticism, you know, there are moments that you can say, well, you know, there's scenes there that I've seen in other things, but you know, let's, let's leave those aside because as a whole, I just, I just welcome the return of mm-hmm. balls to the wall. Let's have some fun. Let's write a script that makes us laugh, and 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 will probably resonate with the people they're talking to. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's again, it it's. It, I didn't think I'd see these things. You know, there aren't that many people spending these budgets, um, so it, it's good to see. You know. And they're, they're very and, Andy, I actually think you've hit on a theme of all the four campaigns we're seeing today and talking about. I do feel like we have, there is some fun, uh, there's only a theme of fun. feels like we've found our mojo a bit as a country again into, and, mm. and as an industry, maybe it's a sign of us coming out of lockdown. And I don't know, I just feel like there is a confidence to... Uh, what Australia is doing at the moment. I'm really looking forward to seeing how we fare. I really, I really hope so because I was, I walked into this expecting to to pull out the Andy Fleming. I'm going to massacre everything, and the work, and the work was really good. The, I mean, yeah, genuinely, all of them were were of a of a real high standard, and you know, it, it, it's it's good to see, as you said, that confidence coming back. It's good that the that the clients are, are, are going to see mm-hmm. this. Hopefully, it encourages what we do best, which is making work that that makes people sit up and take attention, and that's that's all we're paid to do. And so they achieve that. So good on them. Well, the, the, there's there's two points to that. What, that I guess based on things you've both said, one of them is um, I wonder, you know, based on the the economic environment that you know we've very well been discussed um whether or not you're getting now what what you're going to see is you're going to see some of those brands that are going in on this kind of fun work are kind of coming to the fore and then the other half are just going to go silent do you think do you think that 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 might be the case there and in brands are using creativity to sort of stand out in a in a sort of tough environment well well, brands have always had to stand out, and whether or not they're in a, a tough environment or not, we have never had so many ads bombarded at us. You know, it's something like thirty thousand pieces of work a day if you add it all up, and people are tired of it. It's shit. Most of it's corporate. It's a lot of Getty images. It's a lot of really shitty brand brand design agencies saying make everything fucking blue, and it, it's great to see a few people coming out and saying, let's do what advertising agencies have done since, you know, burn back, which is, you know, when everyone else is doing this, we've got to do that. And so they're yeah. standing out and, and they will stand out because there's a lot of dross out there. So, you know, it, it, it's easy to be an anonymous blogger and go, well, I've seen this before. And I mean, it's like, well, well, but there isn't anything like it on telly. Nothing. Yeah. I was going to say, Andy, speaking of nothing like it on telly, that kind of um, moves us along nicely to the next ad, which is uh, from Belong 
Telstra's low-cost mobile and internet service provider. Um, I guess we kind of juxtapose this with uh, the recent Telstra work from the Monkees, which was, um, I guess, that sort of big ad vibe that we spoke about just before. But this time, um, it's it's a large thumb uh, climbing a mountain. The, the well, it's it's Everest. It plays on the research that the average Australian scrolls the height of Everest on their phone every month. And this plays out with the visual of a thumb attempting to climb to the world's highest point. Here's a little, um, here's a little snippet of that. I fucking love this. <laughs> well, you can take it from there. <laughs> I just do. I, I, you know, th- this is the kind of work we used to do. And talking about Telstra, yes, the last the last Telstra campaign is, you know, the classic Australian Qantas, big insurance company, big bank, big, big telco, safe. You know, you could see the animatic that they'd presented. And this brief is about you know carbon and it's about you know sustainability and you hand that brief to any other agency and they would have given it to an editor and they would have you know get you know typed into getty image video of wind farm video of solar array video of golden-faced child staring optimistically in the future and what they did was they went no, and they delved, they, they they went into that brief, which is what they should do, and they found this amazing stat, and they they used yeah. hyperbole to blow it out of all all proportion, and that's what sh- that's what we should be doing, and so they took a little fact, and they turned it into a hugely entertaining little spot. It probably goes on a little bit too long. It's the the thumb. It, it, could probably be a little bit better, but fuck all that. It, it's it's really good, and I think that Houtson are doing some of the best work around at the moment. And the first mm-hmm. they did for Belong was the rocks, the rolling. Yeah, rocks. that was great. And I thought that was superb. So you know, they're definitely an agency to watch. They're coming up hard and threatening some of these big established agencies that have had it very good for a very long time and good on them. You know, that they're becoming yeah. an important agency. We're looking at things in a different way. Wes? Uh, totally agree. Echo Andy's comments as well. I kind of wish that we disagreed more a bit, Andy, so we could actually get into it. A proper, proper fisticuffs. But no, I totally agree. I think I, I love the line scroll good. Uh, that feels very much like a Gav Chime style line, who I know very well. Hopefully he's listening to this. I loved it. Um, I actually preferred this to the Rocks campaign. It had a bit more charm in it for me. And even the way you just described it, imagine sending this in. We're going to take a farm, climb in Everest to demonstrate a really cool stat. Um, and I just think, again, it's just a sign that Australia's got its mojo back, I think. And there's all these great agencies popping up and they're taking risks it's really, really reassuring and quite inspiring to see it happening so often at the moment as well. I kind of agree with Andy that the effects are pretty, pretty cool as well. Does it go on a little bit too long? But I, I just don't want to nitpick it because I feel like we should be heroing and we applauding. Should, 
uh, yeah, work like this. This. Yeah. this. this is stuff. This is this is work to hold up. That exactly. That that we should be that we should aspire to be doing. And you know, I say to a lot of people, when's the last time you saw a spot where you said, "Look, I wish I'd done that." And yeah. you know, I kind of wish I'd done that because it, it's so simple. It's got that simplicity. But it's been executed really well. There's some lovely shots of the bull, whatever the fuck it is, with the horns. Looking I think it's down, a yak. <laughs> looking down at this little, you know, little phallic thing that's looking up at it with its little blue finger. And I love, I loved all that. And yeah, it's but but it's not just the agencies. I think, you know, a client took a risk when everything in their heart would have said, This is scary. But this is weird. I, yeah. I can make the Uber Lords at Telstra happy if I just show lots of wind farms and have a have a lovely voiceover talking about we believe in the future of the planet. But they didn't. And so so big glass of champagne to a client who who Well it, I guess it it's sort of um it juxtaposes what we exactly, I guess the exact conversation that we were having, Andy, when you were last on in, in October and we, we sort of spoke about some of those Christmas ads and, and I guess the, the, the sort of, um, you know, we spoke about this just before we started recording as well. The sort of, um, what was the term you used? The, the committee made ad. Um, so, so it's just, it's, it's nice to have you both come on here and, um, I guess rain praise upon, uh, the ads that we're talking about. Um, we're on to our final ad here. And I think as well, um, I mean, before we start, I'd say I, I really enjoyed this ad. And I think it's nice to see a category being beer ads um, that we are returning to some 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 really fun work as well. Um, this one is from Thinkabell, which is um, Lions Creative Agency of Roster, celebrating the start of the AFL season. The campaign, titled Unbelievable, follows a handful of people gossiping to friends and colleagues about the sporting feats of the rookie, um, creating narratives that are almost too good to be true. Let's have a quick listen. Two furfies, mate. Mate, so everyone's talking about this young rookie we just drafted. Is this the one that kicked 16 goals in a game? 16 goals in the first half. 16 goals in a quarter. With a ruptured ACL and a bulging disc. And did you hear how they were scouted? How? They were dodging cars on the Monash freeway. These ads are always very fun when you know you're jumping from people to people. You've got a lot of personalities involved. Wes, what did what did you think of this one? Uh, I really like this. Um, I thought the writing was spot on. Was really really good, really clever. I always when I watch things like this, I wonder how much of it was in the script. How much did they deviate on the day? Did the actors bring? But I've 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 got a sneaky suspicion this might have just been from the script itself, which is great. Editing spot on. Performances are really good too, um, and I think there is a bit of a contrast between this Furphy, the execution, and the other one we were discussing, Andy, the lad, uh, not lad brokes, the HCF. I feel like they kind of got it, uh, they, they they kind of got it right here in Furphy. Not that there's anything wrong with the HCF. I feel like the performances are a bit stronger in this Furphy spot, especially from the athletes. Uh, we all know working with athletes can be pretty hard, especially when you're trying to kind of performances out of them but um i didn't recognize who they were until i read the release and i thought they were actors so 
I was impressed with that. So they that, um, passed the Wes the Wes test for me. But what I like about this, what I like about this uh, film uh, and campaign the most is it's Finkerbell keeping with an enduring brand platform idea. And again, I like to see Aussie brands doing this rather than changing um, changing positionings or platform ideas or lines every single time a new CMO comes in or every year it feels, I really like that they're taking this platform idea, sticking with it. And it gives them license to create, uh, you know, that kind of ambient truck stunts they do that they're so good at. As long as they're keeping this, this, this line, this fort going, it gives them license to keep creating those more kind of gimmicky, uh, short-lived stunts. Um, so I'm all for this and uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a classic vignette piece. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a technique that, that that obviously is really nice to break up copy. You know that that you know one sentence read out by each person in a different place, um, which is you know, and then then you got the lovely rug pull at the end. Um, I was more interested by the disconcerting sound of a long stream of urine. Which, which I've never really <laughs> heard of and you know, it, it was mildly disconcerting because it was quite long, and um, yeah, I, I was more interested in that and how they got away with with the piss. <laughs> I might go back. Feel, does that not make you feel closer to the brand, Andy? Well, it made me want to. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pick up on that the first time round. Now I've got my cans on. I might go back just to listen out for that piece of inspired sound design. Yeah, it's um no I also quite like that um Furphy are very much leaning into the AFL and uh, I mean you can see that through some of their partnerships like they're now the official beer of the front bar um and you've seen some of this sort of um more earned uh, or out of home um media that Thinkabell have, have created um through Furphy but yeah um it, it, I, I didn't actually notice the the piss sound myself, so um, I'll have to go back and <laughs> and listen to that. Like, no, um, you genuinely, you genuinely have to go back, and and they cut back to him twice, and he's still going, and it's realistic. <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a definite we. I love, I love it. I love thinking of moments like that and thinking about the fun they had in sound design, like raising the levels, client coming in. No, you need to turn it. You need to turn it down a bit. The CD fighting for that also, sound of the who's, urine who's to go doing, up more. Like, who's <laughs> doing the Wii? Who gets the job of doing the Wii? <laughs> I reckon Pat's genuinely doing it because they would have given him a few before he started. <laughs> All right. So that we, we've gone over these four ads. Um before we go, we'll just get a quick 30-second top-line uh, favourite ad and, I guess, what these say for you about the state of the industry, which we've already kind of touched on a little bit. Wes, we'll start with you. Okay, cool. Look, I I think my favourite was probably uh, – uh, they're, they're kind of tired. I know this is pathetic, but I'm going to kind of go Ladbroke belong. I even love the HCF. I love the, um, the kind of stunt aspect of that. Um, that I think we had a really good – month if this is a monthly podcast yep. uh, I feel like Andy and I um, uh, really got into it as well I just want to pull out a point though I think Andy raised it as well it's like these sort of things are really healthy I think it's the right way as an industry we need to have these debates and the right way to discuss the work there's there's no 
anonymous trolling, um, no unconstructive mental health affecting uh, um, comments or um, narratives around how we've discussed the work today. And I just want to urge anyone listening and people in the industry that if you are going to jump on a blog, um, I'll just urge you to use your real name and just see whether you would write that same comment the way you've written it if you use your real name. And this brings you back, this is something I'm working, I'm, I'm kind of part of Drop the Shade with Jeremy Wilmot at Paper Moose, and you'll be hearing about what we're actually going to do to try to address this a bit more as we go on. But I thought that this is the perfect example of how two creatives and the industry can talk about work and be constructive and supportive without having to be, be, be mean, offer death threats, um, and I think it was um, I think it was great today. So thank you so much for inviting me on on um, board. And um, I think this is the this is the way forward for me as an industry. It will make us all better in the long run. I'm I'm convinced. Andy, uh, we'll start by getting your favourite, uh, and then whatever else you want to add. Uh, look, you know, I think I think the little I think the Everest spot is my favourite just because of its it's just the the process i know they would have gone through to get it through the client who approved it i think it, it's they're all flashing lights of positivity that that, mm-hmm. that an ad like that that would have needed a little bit of money to make um managed to get through a client that obviously would have been thinking about the telstra people above them um and i think that that this whole collection has been a really interesting sign that maybe two things that we haven't seen in advertising for a fuck of a long time, which is which is humour and simplicity coming back in. And those two things have been sorely missed. We've been very, very we've been we've been very serious you know we we've been we've been very australian we've been very corporate we've been very boring but we haven't been genuinely funny and we haven't been genuinely simple and we haven't made work that's going to threaten any country outside us and we are mm. starting to do that and it's real work it's not scammy work this is real work for big clients so fucking, you know, what what a what a great start. You know, this is a, a really good symbol that 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 we, you know, that, that things are about to get better. Fantastic. Well, love to end on that positive note. Andy Wes, thank you so much for joining me and look forward to welcoming you both back on again in the future. Pleasure. Lovely stuff. We'll have a fight. Thanks, then. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That is all we have time for today. Thanks for listening to the Mumbrella Cast. Throw us a follow or subscribe if you like what you're hearing. If you need more of your Mumbrella podcast fix, we'll be back tomorrow with the evening mumbo. Thanks again to Andy and Wes. Damo, thank you to you. Thanks, Christopher. And Daki, thank you to you too. Thank you, Jalen Casper. See you then. (laughs) 